0: Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well-being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value feeling feedback, and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good, and leave the rest. The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well-being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life, to build my strength back up and restore peace. And I hope that you can do the same. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I am so excited today because I have a brand new book that has just come out. And so before we jump into this episode, I wanted to just share with you that this book is available. This book is called Saving Me, One Day at a Time. It's about finding light amidst the shadows of addiction. And I love it because it's a pocketbook you can bring anywhere and it has daily support. It's a little pocketbook that it's my heart and soul. It's like the heart and soul of my other book, Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction. But it's condensed into daily dosage of inspiration and comfort, And I literally turned my pain into purpose. And I I wrote the first book and I took all my positive psychology and resilience training. And I combined it with my experience of loving and in my case, losing someone to addiction. And so I really do invite you just to purchase and get your copy because it's going to be that wonderful love and support. And if you get a lot from this community and you get a lot from these podcasts and the SYCAM community, I just really do encourage you to grab your copy because It can help you on a daily basis. Let's face it, there's ups and downs. And I want you to feel like you have me in your back pocket or your purse or anywhere. And it's uplifting support to support you and help you navigate the challenging waters of loving someone with an addiction. And or if you've experienced the heartbreaking loss of a loved one to addiction, This book is for you. It's all about raising you up, helping you find light and hope. And I just want to be there for you, right? I'm reminding you, this book is a reminder that you're not alone, right? And that there is such an impact that addiction can have not just on the addicted loved one, but all those people around them. So I really do encourage you to grab your copy available everywhere they sell books. It's called Saving Me One Day at a Time, Finding Light Amidst the Shadows of Addiction. All right, so let's jump into today's episode. I'm This episode is actually inspired by someone's post in the group, or I think it was a post to get in the group. And It was basically, I want to find out how to stop feeling responsible for their struggles. And I can't tell you like how many times I felt like completely responsible and wish that I didn't feel that way. And, um, so what comes to mind for me is that expression, not my monkeys, not my circus. And another expression that comes to mind too, is that I used to think like my side of the street is clean. Like why am I sucked into feeling so responsible and taking the burden? I put the burden on my own shoulders and tried so far hard to fix and save. And, you know, and so you might be doing the same thing. So I really took inspiration from this post and basically it's like, oh my gosh, like how sad is that? Like how to stop feeling responsible for their struggles is so, so, so common. How to stop taking on addiction's burdens. It is so hard. So in life, we often find ourselves entangled. We find ourselves entangled in the struggles of those that we care about. And this seems to make sense. It makes sense that we do that, right? Because we are loving, kind, amazing people who care about those that we love. And this is exceptionally true when it comes to addiction. The desire to help The desire to support, the desire to fix or save our loved ones faced with addiction is so natural and it is so compassionate. You are such a loving, kind, caring person that it makes sense that you are stepping up, right? And that you are trying your best in the face of addiction's burden. You are taking that on because perhaps maybe our addicted loved one isn't. And we're, you know, there's so many reasons. So today I wanted to talk about this whole concept of that we're carrying this heavy burden of responsibility that isn't ours to carry. And it is so hard. And that Polish proverb, which I love, not my monkeys, not my circus, that mantra is what got me through so much. So I didn't move into the cray cray and I didn't get as frustrated and I was able to detach and create boundaries and some distance just by saying that mantra that's saying not my monkey not my circus and this holds so much wisdom especially for us navigating the complex landscape of addiction because we get sucked in we feel like there's so many psychological Reasons behind this feeling of responsibility for someone's addiction. We feel responsible for them and they can have such a negative impact on our well being, on our mental health. And we want to just talk about that. We want to have this conversation today. And there are strategies to letting go so that you can safeguard your own well-being. And so today, if anything you take away, I hope it's that mantra, not my monkeys, not my circus, and uh, so that you can really have that moment of space. So think about the weight of responsibility. So addiction is so, so powerful, and it's relentless. And there's no way we can compete with that. It affects not only that individual, obviously, like if you're listening to this podcast, if you're belonging to the community, you know how much you are impacted by someone else's addiction. It affects, yes, addiction affects the addict, but I always say it's like a hundred times worse, if not for those who love someone with an addiction, because we may not be numbing out. We are picking up the pieces. And so, The individual struggling, yes, they're struggling, but it's the closest people around them. It's the spouses, it's the friends, it's the family members, it's the parents, right? And as loved ones, we feel this deep sense of responsibility for their well-being. We feel driven by our empathy and our desire to help. And so now I just want you to know that this feeling is rooted in our instincts to care. It's our instincts to protect those that we love. And, but the thing is, is that with addiction, it's convoluted, it's it's complex. And so it extends beyond healthy boundaries. It extends beyond healthy, what feels healthy. It's too much responsibility on our shoulders. It can become so overwhelming. Because addiction is out of our control. It is a whole nother beast on its own that it is, if we are trying to take that on, the weight of that responsibility is devastating. So the psychological, the psychology, rather the psychological reasons we feel responsible, or I want to talk about the psychology behind responsibility, because that's my background in psychology. And once we understand the psychology behind feeling responsible for a loved one's addiction can might, it might help us to shed light on why we're carrying this burden. And just, I want you just to give yourself permission to be human here and understand like, why it makes sense that you're helping and why it makes sense that you're carrying the burden. And so one of the main psychological underpinnings of why behind this responsibility, why we are feeling responsible is that whole idea of, that we are empathetic people, that we have an attachment to these people in our lives because we love them, right? And that is our innate ability and capacity to have empathy, right? It makes us so valuable and, and, and vulnerable actually too. So we're so valuable because we are showing up and helping and supporting and understanding. And because we have that love and connection to those people in our lives, it can create such an emotional pain. Uh, we love those around us. Attachment, right? And connection. Basically is that we we feel responsible for those in our life, those that we love, those that we care for. So when they're struggling with addiction, it makes sense that we're trying to understand, that we're putting ourselves in their shoes, that we're trying to help them in any way we can because... Of what they're going through, right? We're trying to lift them up. When someone's struggling in our life that we love, what do we do? We try to lift them up. We try to help them. We try to save and fix and help. It makes sense. That's what we're wired to do as empathetic, caring, kind humans, right? So we go into that caregiver role. We go into that role to help those around us that are struggling. And, we, and when you love someone with an addiction, watching them go down that downward spiral is devastating. It's like watching and mourning the loss of someone who's still alive and you might be feeling that. And so we develop this sense of responsibility almost to seek out like, Oh my gosh, like they're going downhill, uh, you know, in order to make ourselves feel more safe and to make ourselves feel more secure we do our best of what we can do. So we're trying to help and pick them up and pull them up from that downward spiral, which is so, and like, it's basically, we should, we, I swear to God, I always thought I got the t-shirt. I needed a a reward (laughs) for going through what I went through. And I laugh because it's so, so, so hard. And so I just want to offer this, like it makes sense that you're doing what you're doing. It makes sense that you're carrying that burden on your shoulder. It makes sense that you're trying to find ways to make yourself feel better about the situation so that you can like actually like, feel like you're doing something instead of a bystander just watching it all go down. And we also have that, that moral obligation because or social expectations to care for, through thick and thin, those that we love, right? So society expects us and in our upbringing and everything expects us to support our loved ones right and uh, till death do us part too if it's a spouse and of course if there are children that's our role as mothers and fathers and caretakers and parents to help our children when they're struggling like that's that's common sense right So what happens is that when addiction is a part of it, which we don't have control over, we cannot save them. We cannot control them. Nothing we do really can help or change their addiction. It is so hard. It is so hard, so hard, right? And so we have, it makes sense. This is the psychology behind it all is why we take the responsibility on because we are it's our expectations as parents spouses your loved ones especially in times of hardship when someone's struggling we're wired to try and help and take on that burden for them and help them or ease their suffering and so these social expectations put a lot of pressure on us right to take those responsibilities of being a caregiver and it really does put a burden on our shoulders. And so what happens is, is that between the empathy, between, you know, the other thing is we personalize. So there's an expression, a cognitive uh, distortion sometimes is that we personalize. So there's a personalization of things, or we catastrophize things. And it leads to, overestimating our role in someone else's problem. So we move in, we take it on like it's our own and we move in. And this is very, very common, especially when we're dealing with addiction is that we, we take on, we personalize it. We take on the role as if it's our own problem, as if it's our own problem to solve, as if it's our own struggle. And then we start to believe that our actions can Solve their addiction. Our actions can actually, you know, we believe that we can, that we're that by adding a sense of responsibility, that we're we're going to solve the problem, or that we can single handedly solve their addiction, which we cannot. And so, just knowing that information, know the psychology behind it, it makes sense that we're doing what we're doing, and that we're showing up in a way, right? But what I do want to take in or help you take into or make you recognize, which you probably are already feeling, is the negative impacts of this burden, the negative impacts. And that's why probably, you know, we seek out, it's like, how do I stop feeling responsible for their struggles, right? How do I do that? And so let's talk about the burden. So basically, the negative impacts of carrying the weight on our shoulders or taking responsibility for someone else's Struggle or a challenge for them to face, uh, our intentions are good. But carrying the burden of someone else's addiction is going to have negative impacts, and you might have already been feeling them. So, of course, burnout, stress, the emotional toll of consistently trying to help, consistently trying to fix things and rescue. That was me a hundred percent. I can't even, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you the things that I used to do to try and you know help him, fix him, um, solve the problem. It led to, I had chronic stress. I was so stressed out. I was so burnt out and it started really affecting my mental and physical health. I wasn't sleeping. My whole world revolved around him. So there's the stress, the burden of carrying all that load. Not to mention my I forgot about myself. So I hate using the word codependent, but what happened was is I had such an excessive responsibility of him, I took it on and I forgot about my needs. I forgot about my own values. I forgot about my own worth of taking good care of myself. I become so emotionally involved in taxed in caring for him, that it was such a burden on my own well-being the other thing is it strained our relationship right I was like so resentful I was so mad at him and so angry with him for like look at all this crap I'm doing to try and save you you can't even save yourself or what again you're doing this again after like oh. so it puts such an emotional strain on the relationship addiction bottom line it strains relationship it causes pain mistrust conflicts all these things and so taking on the burden burden just intensifies it, intensifies the strain, intensifies the burden on you. It leads to resentment and frustration and anger and disappointment and worry. So another thing that it does is like emotional toll. And we internalize, you know, any failure, any setback, any experience, as personal we take it on as our own so when things don't go well it is such an emotional burden we feel let down we feel so frustrated i have a whole list of emotions on the wall we feel angry we feel nervous we feel restless we feel traumatized we feel glum we feel you know all of these emotions so many emotions and emotional toll it takes on us so the bottom line is here is that we have to recognize that when we take on that burden, it it really affects our well-being, right? We need to let go of the burden that is not ours so that we can focus on our own well-being. And this whole community, my books, the podcast, everything is devoted to helping you reclaim your strength, take back your power, focus on you so you can put your life back together and it's so essential and really safeguard your mental health and well-being while you are navigating the, the complexities of addiction. Whether you're with someone or not, wherever you are, we meet you there. We need to let go of the burden that we're putting on our shoulders in order to safeguard our well-being. So we need to remember that it's crucial to find balance between supporting our loved ones and protecting our well-being. This is key. And so the strategy is to, to help us to let go of the burden of responsibility. So we want to release the burden of responsibility. So have that mantra, and you know, not my monkeys, not my circus have that as a buffer, of course, we're still going to be empathetic people. We're still caring, kind people. We still care. But just by creating and recognizing that we need to let go of that responsibility and we need to recognize that that this is their struggle to carry. Addiction is their struggle to carry. It's not ours. And although we can be supportive Of our loved ones, we also need to protect our own well being. So let's talk about some things that we can do. Now, obviously, boundaries, you hear all about boundaries, but establishing clear boundaries that defined what you're willing and unwilling to do or to tolerate in the context of this addiction. So what I would do is start recognizing what is it that you value. And there's so many podcast episodes on boundaries, setting boundaries. um, uh, So what are you saying yes to, um, the power of a positive no. And there's so many episodes I've done in the past. I do recommend you going back and listening to some episodes about boundaries, but we need to set and establish those, recognizing that, okay, and even boundaries for us, internal boundaries, like in our head. So it's like, okay, so the second I realize I'm trying to solve, fix, or save, or rescue addiction, when addiction is out of my control, I need to, but you fill in the blank, or I'm going to step back and say that mantra, not my monkeys, not my circus, and recognize what I do have control over and turning the lens back on myself and focus on myself. So creating that, the boundary, even for yourself, and then also talking with other people within this group, join the support groups, family members, friends, Uh, basically speaking with people and just share your experience so you don't feel alone and recognize that you can detach from their addiction and its consequences. You can detach from their behavior. You can detach from what is going on over there. And I'm like, keeping it over there, I used to actually meditate and pretend there's a wall of amethyst, like a crystal stone where I have the beautiful goal. So it's like, it's like a, a purpley color, you know, those rocks and have that towards me with light and then just have a strong... Um, rock surface on the backside to create a buffer between me and my addicted loved one and I needed that because I kept going into their world and their darkness of addiction and go into their dark cloud area that I needed to pull myself back out where it was bright and light and felt peaceful and where I felt strong. And so I really do encourage you to do the same thing, right? So reach out to support groups, create rituals or mental boundaries for yourself um, so that you can create that buffer to distance yourself. So you recognize that you don't, this isn't your, this isn't your challenge to carry. This isn't your burden to carry. And um, detaching with love. Now there's a whole section in my book on detaching with love and I have done an episode on that as well. But what it is is basically remembering to maintain, you can still maintain your love for that person. You can still maintain your care for the person in your life but it's almost like emotionally detaching from their addiction and its consequences. It's like removing yourself from the stickiness of getting sucked into their world of addiction, recognizing that that isn't your problem. Although you're affected by it and that you get the ripple effects of all of what's going on, uh, 100%. Uh, but by creating that buffer of recognizing when you're getting into it and you're getting into the muck, um, and just really either, either using that mental boundary or kind of creating that visual or saying that mantra to help buffer a little bit of space to detach, um, really, really important. And then obviously focusing on compassion for yourself, be super kind to yourself about this, like understanding it makes sense that you're taking it on. You love this person and recognize it's so hard. It's so hard offering yourself that love around how hard it is to recognize that i i can't solve this problem i can't like that is a loss that feels so devastating to make that acknowledgement and so all we can do is turn the focus onto ourselves practice compassion around it and understanding for ourselves and also prioritizing good care for ourselves, activities that promote our well-being, that promote focus on us and our our safeguarding our mental health. You know, exercising, focusing on mindfulness, doing your hobbies, doing your thing is another way to detach with love. Is recognizing that when you keep getting wholeheartedly obsessed and focused, and just like all your energy is going to your addicted loved one, this is when we need to make a pivotal moment of, okay. I need to remove myself from this little, I need to use that proverb, not my monkeys, not my circus, and just use it as a reminder that we cannot bear the weight of responsibility of someone else's addiction. We just can't. It is exhausting. It is depleting. It is discouraging. And so just recognize it's natural to want to help, right? It's equally important though. To safeguard your well-being. It's equally important to safeguard your well-being, right? And when we know the psychology behind it, right, of feeling responsible, you know, response, recognizing that it's going to have these negative impacts on our life. And so we want to implement things as strategies to start letting go, letting go of what we are trying to do trying to control, trying to fix, trying to rescue and just creating that buffer. Like, you know what, this isn't my responsibility. And I used to start saying, I go, I'm not the one with the problem here. (laughs) I'm not the one with the problem. And then I would just like, that would help me create a little bit of buffer. And then, you know, and then I would go into real time resilience things and, you know, trying to like take back my power, focus back on me. Um, And just understanding that can really help understanding the negative impact of taking that burden on and understand why you might do that, right? And then implementing some strategies to let go so you can strike that healthy balance between supporting your loved one. And caring for yourself, right? And then you'll protect your own well-being, right? Okay, so some real-time resilience, you know I'm all about real-time resilience, there's something you can do, right? So in the heart of the moment, when you're feeling yourself overwhelmed by the feeling of responsibility for someone else's struggle what you can do. So it's important to have a really powerful, almost immediate way to regain perspective because I know I've been there. I remember getting sucked in, like, and then I'd get sucked into fights and then he knew how to push my buttons and I got sucked in. And then like, and then he would seem so helpless and then I would be so worried. And then I would step up as a, try and help him. He would even ask me for help at times. So So real-time resilience, one thing you can do or some of the things you can do is this emotional pause. And this helped me tremendously. It's almost like it's important to immediately, you know, gain, regain perspective on what's going on here. So that you don't take it all on as your own. And I always say, use the coach approach. Like if you are a coach and you're listening to this, or you know, the coach approach, which is like, they have the answers within help them like through positive questioning or through powerful questioning, help them discover their answers. That doesn't always work though, because, um, You know, they might be picking a fight with you. They might be picking, you know, you might already feel heated in an emotion, in in a time you might, you know, there might be a lot going on. So the coach approach doesn't always work and requires a lot of like gray stone and taking emotion out and staying neutral and so, so, so hard. Um, So one technique that works really well is this idea of the emotional pause. And so recognizing that the overwhelming emotion. So when you feel the weight of responsibility, When you feel that weight of responsibility on your shoulders, just take a pause, a moment to pause and acknowledge those intense feelings, acknowledge the emotions that you are experiencing. So you name it, you know, whether it's guilt, I feel worried, I feel fear, I feel frustrated, whatever it is, when you, when you are taking on the weight of the world, or you're feeling overwhelming, overwhelmed with feeling the weight of responsibility of their addiction, Take a pause, notice what's going on, notice your emotions, name it, you know, what is it? And then start to just breathe deeply. So this is an emotional pause. Take a few slow, deep breaths to calm your nervous system, to downregulate your nervous system. And focusing on your breath can help bring you right into the present moment. It's going to gain some perspective and allow for an emotional pause and recognize, I always visualize a big, giant stop sign coming up. So it's like visualize a big stop sign in your mind's eye. This is great for boundary creating internal mental boundaries. It's like this big stop sign comes up and this visual can really help be a powerful cue to interrupt the emotional spiral and help you kind of regain the perspective of, okay, yes, not my monkeys, not my circus. And so the statement, not my monkeys, not my circus is powerful. You can search a whole bunch of other similar sort of statements that basically, okay, that that's, you know, this is, those aren't my dishes to clean or, you know, there's so many other possible sayings around that. So, so, so powerful. Not my monkeys, not my circus. So you take that pause as you breathe deeply, say to yourself that mantra, that's your new mantra, right? So... This simple statement can serve as a really powerful reminder that you cannot control or fix someone else's struggles. You cannot control and fix someone else's choices or addiction. So this will just help reinforce the idea that you're not solely responsible for their well-being. It's not you. Although you are a caring, kind, empathetic, wonderful human, uh, you cannot solely be responsible for their well-being. And so saying this can help as a reminder to take a mental step back when you feel those overwhelming emotions uh, of feeling like you're taking on this responsibility of someone else, right? That pause, that real time when you're feeling overwhelmed, by feelings of responsibility of someone else's struggle. This is what we can do. Just take that pause, deep breath, notice the emotions that are coming up, buy some space and time, say your mantra, not my monkeys, not my circus, you know, wash your hands of it. And like, you know, and so this reinforces the idea that you're not solely responsible for their well-being, And then takes the weight off. It takes the weight off. Oh my goodness. And repeat the statement as many times as you need, as many times as necessary. I can used to say it over and over again. And um, until you feel that sense of relief, until you feel that detachment from the burden of responsibility, create your own mantra that really works for you, that feels and can serve as an anchor to ground you in the present moment and prevent you from getting swept away into the intensity of the emotion, into the intensity of taking on the burden of their addiction. Right. So, this technique and these statements obviously, they're not going to remove your empathy. They're not going to remove your desire to help. Right. But they can provide that valuable pause that will allow you to respond to the situation with a little more clarity, with a little more balance, with a little different perspective. And ultimately, it's going to benefit you and the other person that you care about as well. It's going to benefit you in that it's going to help take that burden of responsibility off your shoulders. So I hope this was so helpful. I hope that that idea of not my monkeys, not my circus, you know, really does kind of resonate with you. And of course, If this message feels empowerment, if focusing back onto you, taking the lens and focusing on you, moving yourself up on the totem pole of priorities, if this resonates with you, you're going to love my new book called Saving Me One Day at a Time finding light amidst the shadows of addiction. It is a daily reader. So it is daily support so that you don't feel alone. And I really do encourage you to grab your copy. It's available now everywhere you purchase books. And I'm so excited to share that with you. So again, sending hugs and love. And I hope that I do always say, I wish we were meeting under different circumstances. And I hope that uh, this helps to make you feel a blanket of compassion and love so that you don't feel alone when you are going through this struggle. All right, everybody, see you soon. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me Loving Someone with an Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And, of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me not only today but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.